Welcome to States Up, KTSW 899's monthly one-on-one with Texas State University President Kelly Dampfis. On today's episode, we head to the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment to talk about some of the nationally recognized research going on there and what else is in store for Texas State's research capacity. Plus, with a string of gun violence occurring on college campuses in the country, what kind of safety protocols does Texas State have in place to keep its students and workers safe? I'm your host, Jill Ament. I'm a faculty advisor for KTSW 89.9 and a lecturer of practice in the School of Journalism and Mass Communication here at Texas State University. This interview was pre-recorded with President Danfis a couple of weeks ago while riding on Spring Lake on a glass bottom boat. So let's get into it. I'm here today on a glass bottom boat with Kelly and... Um, yeah, I, I wanted to do this because we've talked a lot in our conversations about research yeah. and something that comes uh, to mind first for me, first and foremost, it might be different for different people, but is the Meadow Center because sure. I know that they do a lot of uh, aquatic research and, and that's a place that Texas State already shines, I think, when it comes to our research ability. Um, what, what could you say about the Meadows Center here at Texas State University, you know, what they do and how that might be serving as a blueprint for the university as we look to um, grow our research capabilities? Well, one of the things I've always thought is that Texas State should capitalize on the things we're already doing really well or our natural resources that we have. And there's no place better than that than, than the Meadows Center because we have this beautiful lake that's here. Uh, we have the river running through our campus and why not take advantage of that for our research capacity and and it's not like i invented this idea because they've been doing research here for a long time but it's a perfect example about how we should be doing this and the the meadow center has received you know millions of dollars over the year to do water uh, water research in general we have something called the meadow center for water and environment and they look at things like you know how does global climate change affect and population growth and so on affect how much water is coming through the aquifer and filling the lake and, and the water flow and so on. And and, um, and so the research that's being done here has huge implications for how we live and how we enjoy uh, the, this opportunity here. And so being on the glass bottom boat is really cool because it's also part of our culture. It's part of our history here at Texas State and San Marcos as well. And so it's, it, it fits two niches for sure. Yeah, you've and you've done, I'm, I'm sure, Yes. In fact, all of our students are required to do a tour, which is kind of cool. So uh, every student that comes to Texas State uh, has to do this. I would love for this to be incorporated in part of the student tour, like when high school students come here, like they would ride on the boats here and get off at the end and then go up to campus from there, because I think uh, this is another way of showcasing the beauty of our campus. Um, Well, I wanted to ask, you know, we talked about the Meadows Center and and some of the key research that they've been doing. you know, with with water resources across the state. Um, But we've also talked about the importance of uh, increasing our research capacity um, uh, in other departments at the university. What what um, what departments might those be? Well, I think we're looking at across the board and there's two things we're looking at. So so research is done. Well, I, I can say more than just two things. Research is mostly done by our faculty. And research is oftentimes accompanied, the, the faculty research is accompanied by graduate students who are doing research and also our undergraduates. So we want to make sure our undergraduates continue to have that kind of re- rich uh, opportunity for them to engage in research as well. There's a lot of universities that, that isolate 
students, except for the highest level of students, maybe those who are in the honors college, for example, getting access to a research opportunity. But at Texas State, we want all of our students who want to engage in research to, to get that opportunity to do that. So we'll be investing in all of our programs uh, to, to expand the amount of research being done. Uh, and it's, we'll be uh, investing in the infrastructure behind it too because you know there's an art and a science towards applying for grants and the grants are like the lifeblood of research and so if you don't have uh, much support by the um, by the university and by the by the administration in writing a grant proposal it's really hard to get those things off the ground and you might need help um, you know writing your grant proposal you might need to might need to travel to DC to meet with funding agencies and so on so we'll be in, investing in faculty members uh, who are engaged in the research process to make sure they have all the resources they need to be successful so it's across the board not just any one unit now we are investing in three PhD programs that we talked about this last time I was here uh, that we think can can generate more PhD graduates uh, very quickly uh, but we have 12 PhD programs uh, across the board and eventually we'll be investing all of those to get more PhD graduates. Uh, but it's not just the PhD students, it's also hiring more postdocs. These are people who have earned a doctorate degree somewhere else, maybe here, but usually somewhere else, who come here and help our researchers as well. So the investment we're making in the research enterprise is vast. It's across the board. It's every single college will get resources here. Remember, we always think about uh, about research being in the sciences and the technology, engineering, and mathematics and the STEM disciplines. But we're also talking about creative activities. And so you think about a theater major, uh, the theater professor is engaged in research as well. Like what is the best process for getting this message across or teaching how to do certain dialogue or dance or so on. So research and creative activities engage every single college at the university and we do ourselves a disservice if we just focus on the high research dollars or the PhD programs because all of our faculty have the opportunity to engage in research and we're going to invest in all of them. Now I also think of uh, when I think of research I think of alert I think of um, you know that that's that's something that's coined by the legislature a lot um, and and also you know uh, public schools is that some is that uh you know is alert is that a faculty research facility yeah. or is that more of um you know joining with outside resources sure. to do research there's two really important programs that you just discussed so one is the advanced law enforcement rapid response training center so that's usually for mostly for law enforcement training and that's run by faculty members and so and that's but it is research they're learning about the best way to respond to uh, mass casualty events or shooting events or it could be disaster events maybe an earthquake or a tornado or something like that and how to prepare law enforcement to be first responders but they also recognize that law enforcement aren't always the first responders or firefighters or EMTs usually the first responders are people like you and me we happen to be there when uh, something happens and so training the public to respond to that as well is also part of that and so those are faculty members those are in uh, those are uh, largely grant-funded operations that our faculty members are running. And what I love about that, there's a, there's, there's a distinction between applied research and basic research, and this is a form of applied research. And, and it's, it's research that is so tangible, you can, you can see what the value of it is on its face versus a basic research project that you might have to dig around to see, like, what is the reason we're doing this for? 
Um, now the other program we have is the Texas School Safety Center and is also run by faculty and uh, they're training schools uh, to be prepared for any kind of mass critical incident. So these, again, it's not just a school shooting, it could be any kind of event that uh, that's teachers and administrators and students will have, to apply, uh, will have to respond to. And what they're doing is they're preparing folks. Then also we hope to have more of an auditing process in place so that when we go in and prepare a school that we actually go back later on to find out if they're still doing what we trained them to do, if they've implemented the, the recommendations that we have to make our schools safer. And what better role for a university like Texas State that is there than to make sure that we're improving the lives of our students, our faculty uh, here on campus, but beyond our campus as well. The young people who attend our schools, but also the teachers, administrators, and family members who are entrusting the schools to their children's safety. Um, and so I'm really proud of those two groups, the work that they do to make Texas better, make Texas safer, but not just Texas. Their work goes far beyond Texas as well. You're listening to States Up, KTSW 899's monthly one-on-one with Texas State President Kelly Danfis. You'll hear more of our interview with the president after the break. to pause for a second and talk about um, campus safety because I know that um, you know there have been some very tragic incidents within the past year and most recently unfortunately at Michigan State Um, and and what uh, you know what what is the university like what what would you tell students what would you tell parents What's the university doing to to ensure safety here yeah, on campus? It's a great question. It's something that, you know, people often ask me what keeps me awake at night, and I think they're thinking about enrollment or the budget. But the thing that keeps me awake at night is the safety of our employees and our students. And nothing has a higher priority than that. And so when we when we see things like what happened at other universities or other schools, we it's a, a reminder to us how quickly that can happen here without you even knowing it's going to happen. It's not something you plan for. A hurricane or a tornado, those kinds of things, you, you, you know when they're coming, especially hurricanes are so long delayed and, and snowstorms and things like that. But those critical incidents surrounding a shooting or a bombing or some kind of uh, terrorist attack like that, uh, you never know when they're going to happen, but they can have devastating consequences, not just for the people who are in, involved in the immediate aftermath, but also the people just are on the campus, you know, just seeing what happens to uh, a campus when they have to go into shutdown and how that can impact the, the university, not just for that day, but for weeks on end, and the impact they have on those folks. And so we're blessed that we've got a great police chief and we've got certified police officers here, and they are constantly uh, planning out how to respond to these critical incidents. In fact, we had an exercise uh, last uh, fall, which was uh, planning, uh, what is our planned response to a critical shooting incident? Uh, we had a bomb threat uh, last fall as well, and we you know, we have a plan in place. Now, we don't publish the plan, so people don't see it because we don't want bad actors to see what our plan is, but we followed the plan to the T. It was nice to know that we had a plan in place. Um, we also do training for students and employees if they want to know about self-defense and target hardening and how to make themselves safer. Um, 
that's all part of it as well. And we also have programs in place at the micro level that might not be a critical shooting, but could be an attack on campus. So first thing, making sure everyone knows when something bad happens on our campus. And so the federal government requires that we report something that happens so that this campus knows about it. But we would do that even if it wasn't required because it's important for everyone to know that, oh, there was an assault on campus or there was a, a major incident on campus or you might not have heard about it. We're gonna tell you what it, that is. But then to mitigate against that, we're gonna put things in place that keep people safe so those things don't happen. So we do uh, bystander training for students. They know that when they're in a situation where they could step in for someone and, and keep someone safe, that they have a responsibility for doing that as well. Uh, students who are leaving the library late at night and walking back to their cars or walking back to their to our apartments or their dorms might want to have someone with them to keep them safe and so we have safe walk programs. We're starting a new safe ride program so a student can call. Uh, the University Police Department is actually organizing this so that someone, a student who's been trained, uh, actually two students will go and pick them up either in a golf cart or pick them up in a car and give them a ride uh, from where they are to where they need to be to keep them safe and that actually will run to like three o'clock in the morning. So there's no reason for anybody to feel unsafe on our campus because we're trying to put things in place to keep them as safe as possible. But the biggest thing to know is that we are as prepared as anybody can be in case something bad does happen because um, the worst thing to assume or to think or to believe or to hope is that nothing bad will happen. The best thing to do is, is to prepare that it will happen. And perhaps that means you're over preparing, but I'd rather overreact than underreact and underprepare. We don't want to be stuck in the middle of a crisis and be wondering what to do next. And so our cabinet, our university leadership, we all know what to do in a, in a time of crisis, uh, and we exercise those things all the time. We haven't really talked about like the river and, and kind of what, um, what the river signifies to not only the San Marcos community, but the Texas State community. And I'm wondering like... Um, because those kids all yelling over there. They're seeing fish for the first time, perhaps. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so the river is super important. Oh, by the way, can you get us over one of the uh, fissures where we can actually see the, the, the water coming up from the spring? Um, so the river's valuable for its beauty, but it's also valuable because it's a source of water for us, right? And so the aquifer that we tap into is important. And what we love about these glass bottom boats, we actually see, and people who come to visit us can see, where does the water come from? I mean, we can see, uh, so right there, right there where the, where the sand is showing right there, uh, there's no uh, weeds around that. The water's actually coming up from the aquifer into this lake, filling it up and then feeding into the river. And, um, and so that's why this place, the water's always 72 degrees. 72. 72 degrees year round here. And that's why people have lived and inhabited this space for 10,000 years, is that the? I've heard 10,000, about 11,000. 10 or 11,000 people have lived here because of what the water means, because water is life. Without water, living uh, is next to impossible without fresh water, an abundance of, of fresh water. And so to be able to see where the water comes from out of the ground, how fresh and how clear the water is when it goes into the river. And it's a reminder to us, our responsibility to protect that. And I love about our campus is that our students and our faculty and staff and our community will come out here and they'll clean the lake up and they'll clean the river up. I think we have a big program designed uh, uh, in the next month or so where we're gonna be doing some river cleanup because it's become something that we have adopted and taken ownership of. Not like we own the river, 
but we own the responsibility to take care of the river and take care of the lake. And there's a real conservationist perspective here as well. And um, I think most Texans are conservationists by heart because they're outdoors people and they love how beautiful the rivers are and how important the rivers are for, for this state. It's a pretty dry, arid, hot state. And without the rivers, we'd be in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah, I think that... Um you know, this definitely is my favorite spot on campus. Yeah. I'm not sure about you if you have a favorite spot yet. I mean, this is this is this riding in these boats is top ten. It's it's one of the things you got to do when you come to San Marcos. <clears throat> and I'm not sure how old is this boat here that we're riding in. How old is it? How old is this one? This was put in the water in 1963. 1963. The one over there is 1956. We have one from the 1940s, I think. 1945 so just just as the war was World War II was ending and so this is a, an incredible part of our culture and our heritage uh, but it's a really unique way for people to experience the value of water and the people who get to ride these boats don't just ride they also have the drivers are explaining what's happening here and explaining about the water cycle and about how this all works and so it's an incredible hands-on learning experience and I can see my office from here literally can see my office from this location here so i do love this place either from the glass bottom boat or looking out of my office onto the lake yeah i think it's uh like i i wanted to do our interview here because you know we've been talking about a lot about like where texas state will be yeah. but this also to me signifies a lot of like where texas state has been, been. Uh, because yeah. of the history and and so um i don't know to me it can be a little meta sometimes when it comes to uh to what you think about uh, in the future as well. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, we didn't always own this area. So this was Aquarina Springs. And so this is a private entity that the university acquired eventually. And um, when we acquired it, we, as I said earlier, we, we acquired the responsibility for it as well. And so we hope that everything we're doing here is actually improving access to it, improving the quality of what happens here because we think it's so valuable. Our faculty and staff and students love this space and um, for, for every reason, part of it being the historical part of it, but also the value of this space for our state and what it means for us. Um, you know, it's funny, we're talking about in athletics about kind of branding ourselves kind of aside from just being Texas State University, what else are we? And we're thinking about like, what is quintessential Texas State? For us, it's the lake and really it's the river. And so you might think of us as River University or River U or something like that. That's kind of a, a hip saying for, for um, universities to have something like that. But there's nothing more quintessential than the river. You think about Sewell Park and all the time it gets spent there. Uh, my favorite place to eat is at Kirby Lane because I can sit there, especially outside, and you can see the lake on one side and the river on the other side. Um, it's an incredible opportunity to, to kind of share in the natural resources here and that goes right back to the very first thing we said take advantage of the natural resources we have instead of inventing something take advantage of what's already here yeah and i mean it's not like this is like the hudson river i mean this yeah. is like a very well preserved yeah. uh um like you were talking about the preservation uh minded people that take care of it um you know it's it's unique it, it seems very unique than any to to any other university that i've been to and remind me there are there are uh Creatures who live here who only live here, like the blind salamander, but there's yeah. a, there's about eight or nine or so? Um, so there's ten in the um, Edwards Aquifer region. Um, we have four endemic species here. Um, 
so so four four endemics that only exist here primarily exist here one of them being the blind salamander and again going back to the tie between san marcus and the lake and the river we have uh an establishment in town called the blind salamander and you have people talking about the salamanders a lot and it has kind of a lore here as well and so the tie between texas state san marcus the river and the lake is so it's it's harder to divide them all they're all so intertwined Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i wonder when we talk about texas state growing um what what partnership does that uh entail with the city as well yeah well we have to be good stewards of our community and so well we want to grow the reason we want to grow is because we think we have something valuable and we have capacity to grow but we also want to make sure that we're not growing past our capacity and so some universities will grow so quickly and so large that uh, they might in, in, impact or make uh, uh, make the community less livable or less uh, uh, you know less viable, and so we want to not just want to we need to coordinate with the city so that they know what our growth plans are, so they can prepare for it, and then we need to be mindful of what their thoughts are. So when uh, when when we're growing and they're concerned about our growth, or if they are concerned about it, we need to make sure that we're. We understand where they're coming from. It's not has, doesn't have to be a contentious relationship, um, but what we also have to all both of us, both parties have to remember that we're providing the opportunity to get a world class four year college degree here that that might not be available somewhere somewhere else uh, for some of our students. We're we're affordable, we're we're accessible. Uh, we uh, we we have a large number of first generation students here, so we know how to help students who have who come who are coming from maybe challenging cultural or financial or social or educational backgrounds uh, we can provide them an opportunity that other schools can't and we want to maximize the extent to which we can provide access to the students that means growing uh, but it also means controlling the growth so that we don't outstrip our natural resources here we would never want to affect the lake or the water or the river uh, by growing too quickly well, uh, we're already out of time again. Um, it goes too fast. I, yeah. It does. Um, was there was there anything you wanted to add in particular for um, for this conversation we're having? Um, you know, we we obviously are doing this once a month, but is there anything on your mind right now that that you want to share for this episode? Well, I think what, what I just want to come back to the river and the lake. Um, I think people forget that we're still out here. They think Aquarine Springs went away, and that means, you know, there was the the mermaids, and we still have the mermaid sculptures and the mermaid parades and so on. But the lakes is still here. The meadow center is still here. The, the glass bottom boats are still here. And this is a wonderful outing. If you've got friends and family who are coming to town and you're looking for things to do, in addition to all of our cultural events and our sporting events, this is a real cool connection with nature. Like, you can't, we're in the middle of a pretty bustling city here, and it feels like we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it is dead quiet here you're looking around all you see is trees and water and turtles and fish and flora and fauna sometimes you see a deer out here i'm sure there's a bobcat out there somewhere as well this is an incredible place to spend an afternoon with with a family uh or guests who are coming here uh you shouldn't be uh shouldn't be at a loss for things to do here in this city but this should be high on your list of things to do because it's a wonderful experience Kelly, thank you again for joining me today, and uh, we'll do this again next month. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. You've been listening to States Up. 
KTSW's monthly one-on-one with Texas State President Kelly Damphis. You can find this episode on the KTSW blog at ktswblog.net. I'm your host, Jill Ament. Thanks again for joining us.